You're listening to Seahawks Rewind, giving you expert analysis from the Seahawks postgame show with former Seahawks Paul Moyer, Ray Roberts, and Robert Turbin. Hear from head coach Pete Carroll and Seahawks players in the locker room. Now, here's your host, Michael Bumpus. Tough game for the Seahawks down in New Orleans. They take the L, 39-232. Geno Smith has a decent day. He's 16-25, 268, and three touchdowns. Ken Walker had the biggest play of the day for the Seahawks, a 69-yard touchdown. Tyler Lockett had a big one as well. He had five catches for 104, but the story of the day was Taysom Hill and Alvin Kamara. Those guys got it done. Taysom Hill, nine carries, 112 yards. Kamara, 23 carries for 103. That offense was not efficient on third down like we're used to seeing. The Seahawks were one of nine on third downs. Meanwhile, the Saints were eight of 14. We're seeing, hoping that Penny is okay. We saw him go down late in that game with an injury. Also, we got Al Woods. These guys were banged up. It was a shootout down south. When we return, we'll get analysis from the guys here. We're here from Pete Carroll. Listen to players as they step up to the podium. Interviews with Jen Mueller and scoreboard updates from Curtis Rogers. All that is next here on the Seahawks Radio Network. Welcome to the Seahawks postgame show. I'm Michael Bumpus, joined with the fellas. Before I get some analysis from them, we're going to go back down south to Louisiana, and we are joined by the voice of the Seahawks, Steve Rabel. Rabel, this was a wild game. This offense was one for eight on third down, something that we're not used to seeing, but they were still able to put up a lot of points, a lot of yards. There's just a man named Taysom Hill over there who seems like he took the game over. I'll tell you, you know, we looked so much at all the guys that were missing offensively for this Saints team. Uh, Michael Thomas, Jameis Winston, Jarvis Landry. Uh, you know, those were the guys who generally put up the big numbers for this football team. And they turned it over today to Taysom Hill. And you know what? It should be no surprise because he is one of the most talented and, and diverse guys in all the NFL. I mean, I, I joked about it at one point during the game. He was inside uh, at a guard position in the punt return team. Then he comes on and he goes in motion and gives a great lead block for a Camaro first down run as a motion tight end. He throws a touchdown and he runs for three more. I mean, he's, what he is is a football player. Chuck Knox would say that. He's a football player, and he made plays against us today, and we, we still haven't come up with an answer for how to stop him, and that was ultimately, I think, the difference in this game. Yeah, I agree. Alvin Kamara also had a day, right, 23 for 103. Um, when you look at this offense, it wasn't as efficient as we're used to seeing Rabel, but um, still put up some points, still moved the ball, wasn't great on third down. What did you see out of, this, out of this offense? Well, you know, you put 32 on the board, uh, and – I'm going to expect to win that football game. And I think coaches are too. You just can't give up the big explosive plays. The Seahawks defense played, I think, and Dave and I talked about it a number of times. I thought they played better most of the game. I mean, they they were able to stop Kamara a lot of times on, on running plays. They shut him down more times than not. But it's, again, a couple of those explosive plays that just killed him, that Nobody seemed to be prepared for Taysom Hill to run off tackle left side. And there he take, he goes to the end zone. But I know we're talking about offense. 32, I think you should win the game. You had your big plays. We ran the ball pretty well. And even with the injury to, uh, to Penny, uh, Walker comes in and peels one off for 69 and a touchdown. And we just got a glimpse of how good he can be and is going to have to be now. But uh, Gino, you know, was a couple of times a little behind on his passes, and a few of those got knocked down or gave defensive backs a chance to get a hand in there. You're not going to be perfect every game. But scoring 32, you should win that football game. Yeah, um, drafting a rookie or drafting a running back doesn't look too bad now. And speaking of rookies, 
Tariq Woolen, another game, another interception. We got our, our local cornerback legend, Marcus Trufant, in here, and he says, man, he looks good. He looks smooth. He really does. Uh, you know, he got turned around once on a, on a little bit of a slant route that gave him that gave him a first down, but he was right there to make the tackle. But I'm amazed at his recover ability, his speed. Uh, he closes the gap in a hurry, and those long arms, he looks like he might be out of position, and yet he turns, and that hand gets in there somehow to knock the ball away. He's he's a pretty amazing player, and and all he's going to do is get better. And I, I, just, I can't wait to be at this end calling those plays because I got a feeling he's going to have a lot more of those interceptions before his career is over. I think if there's one thing on the defense that we just need to get better at still is putting pressure on the quarterback. I think too many times Dalton and uh, and a couple of times Hill had opportunities to stand back there and throw that ball and just need need better pressure up front. But I think the defense played better, although it doesn't much show it on the scoreboard, does it? No, it doesn't. It doesn't. Um, when I look at these penalties, too, man, we had 12 for 85. How do we clean that up? Is it as simple as just holding guys accountable? And what are your thoughts there? Well, I mean, yes, that's what you have to do, and you, and you have to keep talking about it in meetings. And I know Pete does. It's one of the things that they look at uh, every time is, uh, is where are the penalties, how are they happening, are they, are they penalties of aggression, you know, where you accidentally grab a face mask when you're chasing a guy and making a tackle, or do you jump into the neutral zone? Are you not really being careful at the line of scrimmage, uh, illegal procedures, those kind of things that suddenly you go from first and 10 to first and 15. And that makes all the difference in the world for the play callers and your opportunity to then stay up with the sticks and make first downs. Got to clean that stuff up. But even at that bump, 32 points is 32 points. And as I said, I, I think that's a game that the Seahawks will look back at and say, man, we should have won this, and except for a couple plays, we would have. Yep, I'll take 32 points all day, Rabel. As always, get home safely. We'll talk to you soon, man. Thanks, Bob. All righty. Seahawks football is brought to you by Lumen, trusted technology partner of the Seattle Seahawks. When we return, I'm going to bring in the fellows. We're going to break this game down. The Seahawks lose to the New Orleans Saints, 39-32. Welcome back to the Seahawks post-game show. Seahawks fall to the New Orleans Saints, 39-32. to I'm Michael Bumpus, joined with Ray Roberts, Marcus Trufant, and Paul Moyer. This was a tough game, an entertaining game, right? Back and forth, you got big plays. The Hawks had six plays over 30 yards, four of them going for touchdowns. So a lot of explosives out there, but there were some explosives for the New Orleans Saints as well. I mentioned Taysom Hill had a day. He's on special teams. He was on offense. He played running back, tight end, quarterback. That man was everywhere. Threw for a touchdown. Also had three rushing touchdowns. We were talking to uh, – I was talking to Steve Raymond. He mentioned all the guys who were out. And um, I almost forgot about Taysom Hill. Like, you knew he was on the roster, right? You knew what he was capable of. But he reminded us real quick, Ray, that he might be one of the most versatile players in this league. Yeah, even though you knew that he was going to run the ball, you know, they still couldn't, you know, stop him, you know. And, and, then, the, and then the one time when they – they played him, uh, you know, for the pass. He actually threw a touchdown pass. He had 69 return yards, 112 rushing yards, and 22 passing yards with a touchdown and and then three rushing touchdowns. So yeah, like uh, they had all the injuries stacked into one dude uh, that showed up that showed up for them today. Moyer scratching his chin, crunching numbers over there. What's going on? Ah, a frustrating game. I mean, it's second week in a row, the big plays just have, have killed us. Uh, you know, they're, they're top 10 plays. They had 236 yards. Uh, they only had three plays over 20, but those three were big. I mean, you had the 60-yarder uh, that Taysom did. That that was brutal. And then uh, the Kamara 54-yarder as well. Uh, on top of that, look, we, we gave 
basically 25 points. Uh, we we had a botched punt, so they get the ball, uh, end up scoring in two plays later on that. DK fumbles, uh, they end up scoring pretty quickly again on that one. We drop a TD in the end zone. We end up kicking a field goal instead. That costs us four points, and then we have a TD called back because of a penalty. And not only that penalty, did we not get the touchdown? It took us out of field goal range. So there's seven points. That's 25 points right there on four plays. Um, you know, going at some of the the phantom uh, holding call on on Woolen on a third down, but was on the complete other side of where the guy threw the ball. At, at late as well, the ball was already thrown. They even said holding after the throw. I'm like after the throw. I, that's I, you don't normally hear that. Uh, that continues their drive, and then um, anyway, there's there's more of those. So it just it's going to be frustrating. It's going to be interesting to hear Pete Carroll because we're just giving a game away. Uh, to me, I thought we were better than them. We've got to find a way to stop the run. We have to learn how to play the trap. This is two weeks in a row, three weeks in a row that we are we don't know how to play a trap properly, and they've got to fix that, or they're going to get those every day, all day until they do. Yeah, for me, man. Um... Just like you guys, it is frustrating. It's very frustrating, especially from the defensive uh, side of the ball. Um, a lot of good stuff. We played better today, but we didn't uh, didn't make the Saints uncomfortable enough, right? They came in and they ran these plays. They had their game plan, and they were pretty much able to do what they wanted, right? And just kind of stay there and kind of um, kind of be in it, man, and hang around. And then they would hit a big play. They go back to the drawing board, kind of do the same thing, hang around, then hit a big play, and that's where we need to clean that up, be able to get stops, turnovers, sacks, do something to make the off uh, the other team uncomfortable, and we didn't do enough there. Man, it hurts to see um, Rashad Penny go down. Uh, you see him go yeah. down on the sideline, didn't want to put any pressure on his foot. He scoots over um, to get evaluated, but then um, Ken Walker comes in, and he does a good job. But all you do is think about just Rashad Penny rolling the dice on himself this year, signs a one-year deal. Uh, we don't know the extent of his injury yet, Ray, but this changes the way. I don't think it changes the offense because you have a Ken Walker who could who could fill in, but you just you just feel for a shot. Yeah, I mean he's you know for a guy who kind of uh, came into his own, if you want to call it that, and and then really took getting you know getting himself healthy and and, and physically in shape, you know seriously, and just like a, a super humble dude, like he understood you know, what people are thinking about him, and I'm sure that impacted him a little bit. And then for him to be at the place where he's been, like if you count the last five games and then even like the last couple games of this season, uh, I mean, he's been like one of the top running backs in the league. He's a, he's a big, powerful dude. He can he can run for power yards, and he can take it to the house. And so uh, just feel hopefully it's not something where he's going to be gone an extensive time or for the season he can get back. Uh, but, yeah, you do feel for him uh, because the injury thing just seems to have seems to find him. And it's going to change our running game. Uh, they're different running backs, Penny and Walker. Mm-hmm. I mean, Walker's you know a little bit more of a slasher. You know, Penny's you know to me more of a zone. You know, between the tackles and get into that second level. I mean, it's impressive. So I mean, you lose a 235 pound back that he had another 32 yard run today. He was he averaged 6.8 yards per carry. I mean, that big explosive play. I mean, you're gonna miss him, no question. I think DJ Dallas so proved in preseason he's he's capable, um, but. You know he's not Penny, um, but he'll he'll do well. This is not on the offense by any means. Um, this is a defense that they all three of their wide their starting wide receivers were out of the game, mm. and you are up by one, 
we just we can't give up a big play. We got to stop the run. We got to force Dalton to beat us. They don't have a wide receiver, and so there's something again. It, it's not that we played horrible. I I know everybody keeps saying Paul. He keeps saying that. I go. I know. I mean, we played pretty well for five six play stretch, and then boom, we just give up the, the those two huge plays, and those two huge plays cost us again. I don't know what to say. <laughs> I don't know what to say. Is it youth or is it this or that? It's kind of one of those things that something just has to happen. Somebody has to step up. Somebody has to get angry and just start making those plays on defense. And I'm just talking about the defense right now because that's where we need to see the improvement. Um you know, when this thing first started, we felt like the offense might need some time to catch up, but the offense is rolling now. Yeah, so the are. defense, we, us, need to step up and make it happen. I mean, there's some good performances. I mean, yeah. I thought Jordan Brooks was going crazy today. He was Very laying aggressive. people out. Yeah. Um, you know, there's still some way, Some again, the way we play the trap. You know, to me, you've, you always try to meet a, the guy who's pulling – you try to meet him at least at the line of scrimmage before he can turn his shoulders and, and square up on you. Um, we keep taking him squared up, almost like we're two gapping it. And I, again, that's not to me the way we play. I don't think that's what we're teaching it. Now they were running different traps because they were actually brought one time they brought Taysom Hill from the other side. Sometimes they pulled uh, guards as well. Uh, so you got to know how to play that. You know, our tackling again be- becomes a bit of an issue, and we had some missed tackles. Look, Woolen is going to be a big time player. It's his third game in a row, row. He's had an interception. That was a great interception. So there's some good performances out there. There's sometimes we look good, and then we just we don't play uh, certain run plays right. And, and it's you always think a run can't beat you. Man, if you run the ball well, like the last couple teams have done, it can beat you. 235 yards on the ground, 48 carries, 4.9 per carry. Another stat that sticks out to me, um, sacks. Only one sack. And Al Woods got that sack. Like your edge rushers, the guys who are supposed to get paid to do that, um, just really aren't producing yet. At some point, is it – like what changes? We saw Josh Jones wasn't in there a lot today, so he made a personnel change. We saw yeah. a bit more Boye Mafe. Um I'm trying to go through the depth chart and see who else is out there. Is it is it as simple as personnel, or do you think something needs to change schematically, right? No, I I think they they have dudes that have the ability, for, but for some reason it's just not. I mean, we've seen like how Let Darryl me hop Taylor, in there. We yeah. got Pete stepping up to the podium now. This game uh, hurts uh, all of us because we know that we had a chance to win a football game. I never take take anything away from the Saints. They did a great job and did a lot of cool things in this game to win it. Um, but we had we had our chances and we had all kinds of opportunities to, to get this done. And uh, there was too many things that went wrong that uh, gave another opportunity here and there and, and uh, we made it too easy on them. It's really, these games are so hard. They're so difficult to win. And if you screw it up and you give them something, then uh, you're, you're, you're fighting against them the whole time. Um, I know you want to know about the punt. That was not a fake punt. That was a, a rollout punt that you might have to run something it doesn't, if things aren't there, but uh, we're supposed to keep the football there. Um, and, uh, but all in all, they, really, Jason Hill had a great football game against us. We did not stop him. Our plan for the for the Wildcats did not did not work. Um, obviously, he ran for over 100 yards in the day, and that was really the difference for them. I thought in a lot of crucial situations, and he came through in a big way for them. It wasn't new. They had done it. 
but uh, the things we tried to do didn't get us all off the field. How's Rashad Payne? Uh, he's got, he hurt his ankle. Seriously. High ankle sprain? Uh, it's, it, we'll see. I, I don't want to make any statements because I don't really know exactly yet until they get all the MRIs and stuff. But uh, he's got that bad ankle. He's in trouble getting back. We'll let you know more when we know all the facts. You said Michael was supposed to put the ball there. I mean, I guess what happened? Or what? Yeah, yeah we, we tried to put, we're just changing the, the launch point, something we've been working on. We've been practicing it for a long time, and uh, we went with it there. And it, it got really cloudy and it upfield like it, we don't expect it to. And um, he felt like he had to duck up, and he was hesitant to kick the ball wherever, but all the people were. And uh, she saw it, and so it took off. Would, were you looking to fake the previous snap? They got the false start. They kind of arrayed. It, looked, it was a different look for sure. Yeah, it was the same thing. Okay. Taysom Hill was obviously a challenge. What, I guess what was sort of the what was sort of the issues with defending it? Well, the uh, when they, they went to their heavy guys, they took all the receivers off the field, and, and uh, they had only I think they only done that one time. And we had dealt with it and all that, but they did it a number of times, and it worked out for them in short yardage, and they were able to break a couple of plays. We just, you know, we've got to make the tackles when you get there. There's enough blockers to get guys on everybody, and we just didn't finish the play at the end of it. And he was able to. He's a really good ball player, and he, he took advantage of the space. And he made some great, great runs. Did you have an idea that he would be this big a part of their game plan? Um, we were. We thought he. You know, we know that he, he plays in, in their system, and we count on it, and knew it was coming, and all of that. So, it wasn't any surprise in that regard. Um, the surprise was that we didn't get down. You know, and he made, he made too much out of it. Your offense struggled on third downs today. How much of a factor? Yeah, that was the only place we struggled. You know, we, yeah, some penalties that, that affected us. Right? I thought our guys moved the ball like crazy. Uh, Gino was phenomenal again. Um, there's a, there's a, a really couple really big moments, you know, in the game. We got a chance to score a touchdown down there. We don't get it. We, we lose points there, and then we, we lose the ball in the turnover. You guys saw that way closer than I saw it. Um, we thought his elbow was on the ground, but I, I couldn't I couldn't see. That's a huge, huge turnover play right there. Defense had that situation, then we had the punt situation. It really put us in, in bad spots. The, the game shouldn't have been like that. You know, it should have been um, without those you know, those things that we gave them. And, and uh, unfortunately, it was more than we can handle. The two deep balls to Tyler that you just exquisite football. I mean, just we've seen him do this, you know, so many times over the years. They had a huge game against the Cardinals a couple of years ago. Maybe last year. Uh, just making those phenomenal back of the end zone catches in traffic and trouble and all that. He's just a tremendous football player. And he just continues to show it. Uh, he had a phenomenal day. What did you think of the holding call on Charles? I couldn't see it, but um, there's a classic situation, and it's happening all the time when guys, when the ball bounces outside or a scramble gets outside of guys, guys are starting to, you know, they really are flopping like it happens in basketball. And, and, uh, and it's you know makes it difficult on the officials and I don't know I don't know exactly what happened they saw something there you know so I can't tell you I don't know but it was a huge huge call um, you know there's a huge call over on on wool on the other side too you know I didn't see that one either I don't know what happened on that one uh, but uh, we had defensive holding you know on play we're done in the drive it was huge typically we found still if the Lineman's hands are inside the frame. They're not going to call it, even if it's the flop. The hands go up. I, I, isn't, isn't that what it looked like? I would, that's what I thought I saw, and so I can't tell you, man. I don't know. They they 
they gave us a you know big presentation about that and uh, but I, we didn't buy into it you know because we weren't sure how it was going to get called so um, if he was pulling away we got a release that's what we need to know and um, I, I would really hope you know that we would all get on the same page with that I'm not quite sure that that we are but we were trying to release the guy we were trying to let him go. He's playing, man. He's just making stuff happen. Um, he picked up a fumble too, did he not? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he's just having a, a fantastic start, and uh, that was a big time pick. Now that's coming underneath the comeback route, you know. And uh, those are really, those are really hard to get. And uh, phenomenal catch to make to finish the play. Um, he's doing great. What happened to Al Woods? Uh, his knee flared up. Um, Okay, he was having a great game. He was doing everything. And um, it's really unfortunate because he has his whole family here and everybody's right down the road and all that. Moms and wife, everybody was around or whatever. And, and, uh, but he, and he was dying to go back in, but he couldn't quite get it done. Gabe Jackson got hurt as well? Um, I think we were resting him. Uh, we just rotating. And I think I didn't hear about him having any injury. And then you started Ryan Neal safety today, obviously. What did you think of that? Well, I, I got to look at the film. I don't know. I don't know. But we we felt like he deserved a chance, and uh, we were going to be playing some other combinations of our safeties, and so uh, Josh got to play quite a bit as well. But uh, just thought he deserved a chance to get out there. If Ken has to take over as the primary guy, what's your sense of his readiness for that? Well, I, I think we should say he's ready. You know, now I mean, he he got to play enough in this game. We got to see him. He got to make his plays and his cuts. You can see how explosive he is. This is the guy we've been seeing. So we're very, very fortunate to have him, um, and uh, he, he's ready to roll. You know, he'll have more to learn. You know, there's a lot more coming at him, but um, he certainly can show. He showed everybody that you know that the explosion that he has and, and the potential that's there. He's a fantastic uh, young man coming up, and so you know, this is his time. Can you do defensively? You haven't been able to do yet, or can, what's the try? Let me look at the film. We'll talk about it. You know, when we get back. I want to make sure I see. The, I want, there, there's there, too obvious a situation was the wildcat thing, you know, and so that, that was glaring, and, and uh, so we'll see how much the rest of it factored in. Kamara screenplay that went for 54 yeah, yards. Full blitz, you know, with full blitz, and we didn't see him cross, and we, we had a chance to pick him up, but we we missed it. It was so we went after him, and uh, both the backers are going, and, and uh, you know I don't tell you much more about it, but that we, we missed a chance to pick him up. It was, it's it's as easy as it gets for them that, on that play. I mean, Rashad, obviously, it, it, if it's a serious injury, is kind of a, a sad thing given his history. Yeah, yeah. No, thanks, thanks for bringing that back up. Um, yeah, this has been a, a journey, you know, for for him and uh, and for us too. And just really I fell in love with the fact that that he he emerged and showed us, you know, the great player that he is and what he what he can mean to the game and, and to our team and all of that. And uh, for it to come down to another, you know, setback, um, he'll be back. You know, he'll be back. But it's a it's a setback that. Um, uh, it just breaks my heart because he's just been he's been having so much fun and he's been so rewarded and, and so f- fulfilled in, in that he, you know he knows he belongs and he knows he can do it and, and uh, he knows he he can be an impact in, in this league and so to lose that chance it's really it's similar to kind of when Jamal goes out you know those guys they 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 put so much into it and they care so much about it and and then to have it taken away because of a you know a mishap it's uh, it's unfortunate so we love him we're gonna love him through it. Did you admit at all? Did you see his reaction? Were you able to reassure him about? I've talked to him already. Yeah, yeah. 
anything else? He's crushed. Okay. All right, that was the head coach, Pete Carroll. Obviously disappointed, mentioned Penny and some other plays. We'll break all that down. But let's pause 10 seconds to give our network stations a chance to identify themselves here on the Seattle Seahawks radio network. Seattle Seahawks station. Cairo. Cairo Radio. A conversation. Breaking news direct from the sidelines. And where the 12s hear the Seahawks. KIRO FM Tacoma, Seattle. The Carroll Report is brought to you by Beacon Plumbing. Stop freaking. Call Beacon. When we return, we will react to what we heard from Pete Carroll. That is next on the Seahawks radio network. Before we get the guys back in here, let's go to New Orleans. Geno Smith is at the podium. Geno was working well with the defaults today, especially the Tyler. You know, we just hit him. You know, made some plays. Tyler made a great catch. Uh, the line protected great. Was able to set my feet, you know, really step into it. And, uh, you know, it was a good play right there. Pete just spoke to this, but for Penny to go down with everything he's been through, just how tough is that to see him? Man, extremely tough, you know. Um, Penny's my brother, man. Love him to death. And, uh, Gosh, man, I hate I hate that form. You know, I know how hard he's worked. Uh, I know how much he's put into this, and uh, it sucks, man. We we you know we need him out there. He's a leader for our team, leader for our offense, and you know we gotta we gotta pick it up. You know we gotta do it for him. What do you think of Kenneth Walker's uh, play out there when he took over for him? I thought Kenneth, um, as always, man, did a great job, uh, and uh, that seventy yard run was amazing, man. He showed that explosion. Um, he hit that thing and was gone. And I think, you know, as he continues to grow and continues to learn, he's only going to get better. And uh, it's my job to help him get there. You know, I mean, three weeks of uh, throwing the ball very, very well. I mean, how did you feel out there? And, and how, how, how did you handle their defense and pressure? Uh, I felt pretty good. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, plays that I wish I could have back, things that I wish I can do better. Um, be super hard on myself, hit the weight room tomorrow, hit the film room, and uh, get back to work. We didn't convert. That's really the difference. We didn't convert. Uh, I got to watch the film and see exactly where, uh, we, you know, the issues were. But um, mainly, we just didn't convert. I don't know if you were asked this earlier, but the, the two throws to Tyler, and especially the one at the end of the first half, just sort of what what went into those. Uh, you know, end of the first half. You know, we had about twelve seconds left. Um, <clears throat> really, we're trying to get a play out of bounds. And if they gave us the look we wanted, we were going to take a shot at the end zone. Uh, they gave us two-man outside leverage, and uh, it was a perfect call. Um, was able to make an adjustment for Tyler. He ran a great route um, and got into the end zone. Did you see what happened uh, when they called the holding call on Charles? On your I didn't see what happened, but, um, you know, it's, I mean, it's always going to be something. You know, we just got to do better. All right, that was Geno Smith. Our quarterback review is brought to you by Verizon, official 5G network of the Seattle Seahawks. All right, fellas, lots to digest and talk about here. I want to start with Pete Carroll. He mentioned that the uh, punt was not a fake punt. It was a rollout punt, so that makes sense. He said it just looked a little cloudy for uh, Michael Dickinson. That's why he wasn't comfortable kicking that football. Uh, We've seen him be in that position and do some amazing things too, right? We've seen him fake it and run. We've seen him scoop one up and and make a guy miss and kick the football. But that was uh, when you turn the football over, and especially during special teams, Ray, that's a big one. Yeah, it is because, I mean, that's one of those things you expect to, to get off and then they'll have a long field to, you know, to uh, to go. But then, you know, that makes a short field for the defense, you know, and the way that the Saints had their offense kind of going with the, with the run game and Taysom Hill to just kind of put them in a tough spot. Uh, you know, you know the other thing, you know, with Pete, you know, with the fake punt, and then also, um, I mean, not the fake punt, but it sounded like 
this kind of rolling punt was something they've been working on. And so they tried, and in that case, it didn't quite work. And then also what he said was about the they were prepared for the Wildcat, but the what they had prepared didn't quite work. So uh, so it, it didn't it wasn't like they were surprised by anything. It just uh, some things just didn't work around execution or maybe just the game plan in and of itself. Right, and we haven't said this today, but did the Saints just have a good game plan, right? Right. Their offense, it looked good. I know our defense. I know we want to make these plays. But when you come out in those different type of formations, it's not an excuse. I know they watch film. I know they practice and they go over things. But that is hard to game plan for when you don't see that on a uh, – you don't see it on a regular basis, especially when you're running the new defense. You've got these different fits from what you've been used to anyway, so that makes it a little tougher. You have to be perfect, and the defense wasn't out of position. It wasn't a bunch of blown coverages, but it was one or two guys on those big um, plays, and that's all it takes. Look, man, the, the, the toughest thing to me always is stopping the run. It takes so much coordination. A lot of people think, oh, it's easy to stop the run. No, it's not. Not in particularly today's game where they can get you out in space a little bit more. So the Wildcat, why is the Wildcat so hard? Because they basically have brought in an extra blocker, right? So they, they have a, a hat on a hat. You don't have anybody free. Somebody's got to win an individual battle. Now throw in a trap or if they bring a – uh, a wing back or whatever we want to call them in the backfield or an extra tight end to the other side, cross the football. They put another blocker in there. So often they have one more than you have if you don't play it right. So it is really hard, and it's physical as well. And, you you know, you know, when you look at Hill, how bruised up he was. I mean, he was black and blue all over his body there. It, it's, it's a tough physical game. And then you bring in corners as well or a nickel like Kobe Bryant at times. You know, it's not that easy. That's not an excuse. You got to stop it. And I, I think for the most part, when you start looking at these plays and kind of what Pete said, you got to go back and watch it. I mean, but I'm kind of inclined at this point to say, man, maybe I'm mixed down. We need to go back to a four-three or or four big linemen in there because. You know, it, you're just too many guys are freed to get into the second level. We're, we're Our linebackers are taking on guards and pulling people two, three yards on our side of the football. Man, that's not going to work. Mm-hmm. And so the look with a 4-3, I know. I, can, I got four down linemen that can pretty much take your five down linemen and free our guys up a little bit more. So I think there's going to be some soul searching on what are we doing to stop it. Because we play pretty well, pretty well, and then we give up these big plays. I think in the passing game, we're getting better, even though they didn't have any wide receivers. So very frustrating because you thought you lost the game because of them just running the football. And we did. And you think you can stop it. It's not that easy. Rashad Penny, it sounds like there might might be a fracture to his leg. Um, obviously, we want to send prayers out to him. Hopefully, he gets better. But it's time for Deuce to step up. Unfortunately, this is the business, right? Guys get banged up and hurt all the time. You got Kenneth Walker down. You got DJ Dallas, who, Paul, you mentioned had a good preseason. Uh, you mentioned that Ken Walker's more of a slasher, whereas Rashad Penny's more of a, uh, a zone type of guy. How does this change the game, Ray? You know, I, I don't think it uh, – even though – uh, Walker may be a bit more of a slasher. He's still more of a downhill runner. In in the in the system he ran in college, you know, especially at Wake Forest was kind of like that zone read, patient to the hole, explosive through the hole. And then he's he was always been one of the better 
running backs in the country for yards after contact type of a dude. So that's why I really felt like he was a uh, a Pete Carroll type of guy coming out of college. So I don't it's, I don't think it's going to change like the plays that they run or or the way they block or or uh, anything like that. Uh, it's just going to be uh, just getting into the rhythm with him, you know, with how he hits the hole today he seemed a little fast when he's usually a little bit more patient but he he seemed a little fast to the hole and then kind of got caught up in the line of scrimmage a few times but uh I think I don't think much changes uh with him he may be more in the passing game um than than Penny was you know like maybe screens or you know kind of motioning him out to get an advantage on a on a, a linebacker or something like that but uh I, I don't really see a whole lot changing in how they approach the run game yeah We'll wait and see. We we shall find Man, out. You're like shell shocked right like. now. You're I'm, like I'm thinking about honestly. I'm thinking about Penny, and I just see him on the sideline scooting. You know what I mean? And I just feel for this dude because he's had what his knee. He's had hamstring issues, something with like his wrist or his fingers or something like that. He went his whole college career and didn't get hurt. And for some reason, man, this is how the game is. Man. Yeah, it's frustrating. And look, at one point, God, you know, before the draft and we drafted Walker, I'm going, okay, we got Carson. We got Walker. We're going to have Penny. I mean, we're loaded. Now Homer's out. You got Penny is out. We lost, obviously, Carson. You know, Walker's 5'9". 210 pounds. We lost Carson, who was a 235-pound back. You got Penny's a 235-pound back. And I agree with uh, Ray. I don't think our offense changes, but you've lost a load of mm-hmm. a back, right? And, you know, we're just going to have to manage it different. I mean, I think DJ Dallas and the two, they'll do great, mm-hmm. and but they'll find out what those strengths are. All right, want to see Blue Thunder and the Seahawks dancers perform up close or catch us live and in person? Then American Family Insurance Touchdown City at Lumenfield Events Center should be a part of your game day routine. Open three hours before kickoff, so bring the family and experience the excitement. All right, when we return, we will hear from Ken Walker. He's at the podium. That is next on the Seahawks Radio Network. Walker, the single setback, a tight slot on the right side is Eskridge and Lockett. Gino now walks over to talk to them, comes back to the center. Talks to Medcalf, now goes under center on second down and short turns, hands to Walker. Got a little running room, breaks 340, midfield, he is going to go, 40, 30, 20, look at the rookie, touchdown, Seahawks, Ken Walker the third. He's been bumping around in there all afternoon, finally finds a gap, and he is gone. 69 yards on a touchdown scamper, and the Seahawks have tied this up at 31 apiece. The call of the game is brought to you by Beacon Plumbing. Stop freaking, call Beacon. Let's go back to New Orleans and hear from Ken Walker now. Um, uh, Nothing really. I'm just chilling. You know, I wish the outcome was different, but I know we can um, go back and watch film and correct what we did wrong. Can you take us through the touchdown run? Um, I just read my keys. You know, the offensive line did a great job of opening up, uh, up the hole. Uh, and I seen T. Lockett, and he stayed on his block, and Estridge, Estridge did a great job on his block. You know, they made it easier for me. And then from there, I just ran. Surprised how much space you had once you got through the line? Uh huh. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> so, yeah, I was surprised. But, you know, those guys do a great job at blocking, like I said. Um, and I thank them for that. Did you keep the ball? I don't even think I kept it. Really? Uh-uh. I think DK grabbed it, though. I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't have it, though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How tough is it to see Rashad go down with an injury? What'd you say? So how tough is it to see Rashad go down with an injury? Um, it's tough. You know, we we didn't talk much about it, but, um, you know, I talked to him on the sideline, and he just told me to, you know, 
like he always tell me to run hard, read my keys, and uh, you know somebody like that uh, that's been like a big brother in the room to me, and uh, you know I'm just talk to him after the game. How how ready I guess do you feel if you have to kind of take over the starting right now? I didn't hear the first part. Of it. How ready do you feel if you have to take take over the starting right now? Oh, I'm ready. You know, uh, you know we practice it every day. Um, I feel real comfortable with the offense. Um, you know, I got older running backs in there to, uh, you know, teach me everything I know I need to know. So I feel real comfortable in the scheme. Did it take you a little bit to get to that point? Some there were some plays in September that looked like it was a miscommunication. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I guess getting the feel of the, you know, the newness of it. I don't think it took me a minute. Like I pretty much felt comfortable um, after training camp. So. You know, we had miscommunications on two plays, I believe, this early in the season. But after that, I was pretty much smooth. When did, did Penny tell you that it was before your touchdown run when you, when you talked to him? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was before my touchdown run. <clears throat> Great. Thank you, Paul. All right, that was Ken Walker the third, And, uh, man, he sounds young as heck. He sounds really young. Or, or are we just old? Which one is it? I think it's a little bit of both. But it's um, both. <laughs> Man, that dude sounds young. And, you know, he has an opportunity in front of him now. You know, now what are you, you going to do with that? I think that they should get DJ Dallas in the mix, though. Man, I really love his preseason. I understand you you draft Ken Walker higher. He's going to get opportunities. But um, you got an opportunity to see what DJ Dallas can do. And they're different type of runners, too. I think DJ's probably the better pass catcher, Paul. Yeah, I think also even in uh, pass protection. I mean, you know, DJ will stick his nose in there, and they used him a lot in third down. And I, look, I think he's a power runner, and he's very—he's a gifted runner. It's just you know we had Penny and and Carson, you know, who are you know Pro Bowl type of guys. So um, they're going to get an opportunity. I, I still think we'll try to be fifty-fifty for the most part, a balanced team. Um, but yeah, losing Penny hurts. There's there no question. But you know, DJ is definitely a capable guy. Right. I think it's a domino effect, too, right? Talk about DJ Dallas and what he does. He he brings a lot to the table on special teams as well, and that's not mentioned very much, and it's in the kicking game. He um, at, Down there on the punt team and on the kickoff team and making plays and sometimes getting the ball on the ground, they always haven't turned into turnovers, but he's very impactful on the special team. So um, it's just going to be a domino effect. There's going to be more people that have to step up, or um, I don't know if he's going to be able to do both like that, but – it's just something to think about. It's a good thing you point out, man. DJ's just been hanging around, hanging mm -hmm. around, waiting for his opportunity, making plays on special teams, balling out preseason when he has an opportunity, Ray. And we and we think, you know, we might see a, a bit more of 31 coming up. Yeah, I think so. And and when he's had his chance to to run the ball, he's always made plays, you know, somehow, some way. Then he, you know, he's a guy that they can count on in pass protection. I think uh, Paul may have been saying that when I was coming in. But, uh, um I think you're going to obviously see a lot of him. Uh, I don't know if there's another, you know, running back on the roster or someone else they can pick up that can bring in that kind of, you know, impacts that domino effect like uh, like uh, True was talking about. But I like I like what DJ brings to the table as a running back. And so he runs hard. Uh, he's always picking up positive yards, making something happen. I don't know if he has the speed to take it to the house the way Kenneth Walker did, but uh, he's, a, he's a pretty effective running back in this system. Yeah, and – with so now it's crazy, right? So now you got two rookie tackles that you're going to rely on. You got a rookie running back that you're going to rely on. You got two rookie corners out there that you're going to rely on. Uh, it's you're going to have your your downfalls, your ups and downs with this group. But if there's a positive, at least these young bucks are getting these reps and getting this experience. Yeah, and we've got a lot of good young players. Uh, 
Yeah, we probably should be four and one right now. Yeah, that's the shame of it. I mean, three and two for sure. I mean, uh, the Rams are in a, a battle right now. It looks like they're about to take the lead ten to nine over the Cowboys. Um, you know, Cardinals are playing Philadelphia. That, that's tough. And so you knew you had a chance to win this game and maybe be in first all by yourself. Um, or at least, you know, a game lead on a couple of the front runners uh, along the way. So it's, it's disappointing. Those are tough ones to lick the wounds and, and fly all the way back. Pete right now is going, up. what do we do about this defense? I mean, we, we've got to fix something. And you can only move guys around so much, right? It's at some point they got to get it done, and we've got to look at the scheme. And I know we're really – dedicated to the 3-4 and it's kind of this hybrid new look with two down linemen. Man, you got to stop the run first. I, I, I mean, I don't care if, if you if a passing league or not. If you don't stop the run first, the the, the, the disheartening part is we got a one um, – we're up by one, right, with six, seven minutes left in the game. Now's the time to stop the run, force Dalton to beat you. And we couldn't do it. So Pete is going to be really frustrated. We were missing your boy. I was in that moment right there, True. Mm-hmm. I was had a, a TFL quarterback sack. And um, when you are playing that 3-4 look, you're asking a guy like Al Woods to two-gap. And other than Al Woods, I don't see a guy who can do it as effective as he does. Yeah, man, it makes it tough. Uh, just like Paul said, if you can't stop the run and you don't have that foundation of your defense, you're, it, I mean, it's pretty much open season, right? And that's run, pass, that's everything you want to do. So – um, I don't know exactly how they get it figured out. Just like Paul said, you can only move guys around so much, but you don't want to just throw everything out to uh, throw it out the window. I feel like this game was a different type of game, even though against the Lions, the run game didn't look really good as uh, either. But this type of running game was a little bit different, and you got a Kamora back there, and he's a superstar. Yeah, I, I'll also say too, like uh, you know, I've played with some pretty good running backs and teams that ran the ball really well and when we played three four defenses especially when it was a team like the Steelers who you know they just can bring all these exotic blitzes out of the three four stuff uh we always try to stay ahead of the game in the run game because they're just natural gaps that you can exploit in a three four defense and you can get your linebacker I mean get the guards up on the linebackers a lot faster and stuff like that so uh if you're playing a team that is really built to run the ball if you're if you don't have those big two gappers up front to keep guys off the off the linebackers, it can make running a little easier. And this three four deep, this kind of hybrid thing was kind of built more for to kind of be able to play the pass and the run. Right. You know what I'm saying? And so, uh, and so I I don't know if they need to change everything, but I do think they could benefit from every now and again running like a like a four three concept with four big bodies. In there, especially if it's a team that is going to focus on running the ball, that is good with running the ball. Because uh, I, I can even remember playing here with the Seahawks and we played the Steelers. And it's like if we can get Chris Warren going, it's going to make everything easier because if they stop the run, then they get to use all these crazy blitzes and have people come in zone blitzes. People come from everywhere. It confuses the offensive line. Uh, so I don't know what the fix is, but they, they have to stop the run first. All right, stop that run. The all-new season-long docuseries, The Sound of the Seahawks, provides unprecedented access into the Virginia Mason Athletic Center like you've never seen it before. Watch the latest episode and follow along how Coach Curl has shown what it means to define grit throughout his career leading up to this season. Check it out on Seahawks.com slash The Sound or on the Seahawks YouTube channel. When we return, we will hear from Ryan Neal. He's at the podium. That is next. The Seahawks fall to the New Orleans Saints, 39-32. Welcome back to the Seahawks Post game show. The Seahawks fall to the New Orleans Saints, 39-32. Let's go back to New Orleans. Ryan Neal is at the podium. Shoot, let's get it. 
Taysom Hill obviously was a huge part of their uh, play of the day. What, what was sort of the challenge to try to get him down right on that? You just got to make the fist and make the hits. I mean, it's simple. I mean, uh, everybody in the stadium knew who was going to get the ball. We knew who was going to get the ball. We just got to fill it up and tackle. Just point blank. Did you know that he was going to be that big a part of their game plan? Absolutely. When you got Mike Thomas out, Jarvis Landry out, and a couple others, we already knew what the game plan was going to be around. going to be around 41, 83, 7. And, uh, that's just what they came and did, you know what I mean? Ran it down our throat, and that's just that's something that's unacceptable, and we got to know that going into the game. Even the uh, touchdown I had on me, I got to know that too, you know what I mean? Just having high IQ understanding when he's in the backfield, he's getting the ball, you know what I'm saying? So that's just something we got to know, we got to understand, and we just got to play it better. Is that a case of thinking too much? Why won't, if you know it's coming? And it's just guys making the fits, man, just knowing what's going on, understanding that. We had a down safety. They were running away from him, running away, running to the U. Guys just got to know that and just make the plays, man. That's all it comes down to is just making the plays. What was that game like? I mean, obviously a lot of back and forth. You guys mm-hmm. didn't lead in the fourth quarter, all that. I mean, it was fun, you know what I'm saying? But defense, we just – anytime you give up, what, 39 points, whatever the case may be, you, you never it's, it's hard to win in this league giving up that many points, you know what I'm saying? And to me, it's just one of those games, like, offense still put up the points. Defense got to answer. We got to just be better. Special teams can't be mishandling the ball and stuff like that. So when you have issues like that, you, it's just too hard to win. You know what I mean? In any game, you can't give up 39 points. Yeah, we got away one last week, but that's not the case every week. These teams too good. You know what I mean? So defense got to step up. You've been here when this defense has started slow, turned itself around. What's it going to take to do that again? Just getting on the guys, man. There's just no more excuses, no more there's no more playing around. It's just we got to go to work and we got to iron it out. And if guys don't want to get it done, <laughs> they'll find somebody else to do it. You know what I mean? So it's just at that point now, it's like, hey, no more excuses. You know what I'm saying? We got to go to practice. We got to get it right and we got to fix it because we can't we can't go a season doing that. And, I mean, you've seen it happen, you know, two years back. We was giving up points and we ended up ironing out and fixing it and ended up be, being the top defenses in the league. So it's just it's got to be a turnaround now. There's, you know, no excuses. The, the run fits that you talk about, how much of that do you think is a product of still having to iron things out in a new scheme? I mean, that's just what it is. I mean, guys still learning, but, hey, we didn't have a quarter of the season. We didn't have OTAs. You know, like I said, it's, just, it's no more excuses, man. It's, just, it's either you get the job done or somebody else going to do it. So, in my mind, that's where it is right now. This is not a panic thing. This is just real. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's no panicking. Guys got to get the job done. You got to execute. And if you don't, you can't play here. And that's just what it is. We, this organization builds itself on that. We've had examples in the past with the LOB and the OGs and all those guys. We know what it takes. We know how to play this game. Guys just got to execute. You know what I'm saying? And from my end, it's just, it's disappointing because I feel like I'm letting down a group of dudes that really set the standard. You know what I mean? And even being here with guys before like KJ or Bobby and stuff like that, there's a standard that you got to live up to. And that's just something we have to do. You know what I'm saying? So, for me, this is just a call to defense. What are we going to do now? Like, what are you going to do? Because it's on us, in my mind. It's on us, period. Right. Tariq had third interception as many games. Just, what have you seen out of him? Man, that boy is <laughs> – it's like watching a Rottweiler pup run around the house and he just bumping in because he don't know how big he is. It's like that. You know what I mean? It's just like watching him just do what he do. He just doesn't even understand. You know what I'm saying? It's like you, you, you are so damn special and you don't even know it. And I mean, and I love the way his attitude is. He's just so cool, calm, and collected, not getting the big head. And I mean, he's always looking for that ball. And I mean, team's going to learn. You keep trying that, man. I mean, <laughs> I mean, he got it three times, man. So I'm proud of that kid. And I just I want him to keep it up. Him and eight, man. I love them both. And 
we just we looking forward to them just getting better and better each and every single week. We told them the other week, hey, y'all ain't rookies no more. Y'all clearly showed that y'all can play in this league and at a very high level. So we expecting that from you. So I'm proud of them kids, man, for real. We, we've seen it pick up and you know, undercut a couple of crossing routes, but this one was a comeback route. What does it take to make that play? That just knowing the situation. I mean, they you know they had a tendency that they showed uh, through the past four games. Um, right before the play, literally called it out. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, this, this is about to come right now. And he played it beautifully, played it perfect. Quarterback throwing one, he challenged the play and, and made it. So, you know, it's just it's one of those things, like I said, when you get tendencies and tips and stuff like that, even with seven in the backfield, you got to just know what's going to come. You know what I mean? And that's something that we have to learn as a unit, uh, especially with our young guys. And he made that play right there. So, that's out to him. Who pulled it out? Was it the sideline? No, it was me. <laughs> Definitely, I'm taking the credit on that one. Forget him. But, uh, no, nah, he made a great play, and I'm proud of that kid. Thank you. Kind of like when you saw number seven, Jason Hill, line up behind center. What was the communication like on the defense? And what was going through everyone's mind when they saw him behind center? Hey, wow, he's getting the ball. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he's getting – I mean, everybody in the stadium should know he's getting the ball. And, I mean, like I said, going back to when they don't have their guys – who are they going to try to get the ball to to help them out? Seven's been a playmaker for him for a long time, so you just get, it's stuff like that you got to know. Like, all right, it's gonna, they're going to put the ball in his hands, and he made his plays, you know what I'm saying? So that's just something we got to step up and be better on. All right, that was Ryan Neal, probably one of the realest interviews we've ever heard on this station. Maybe too real for our station. Thankfully, we have the, the dump button over there. But um, true, you over there giggling. What you like <laughs> about that? I like the accountability, man, and I could hear the seriousness in his voice. I mean, if you can't get it right, you can't play, right? Um, when it comes down to enough being enough, they've talked about it, they've said it, they see the potential, and now it's time to make it happen, man. It's only so much that you can talk about. Yeah, you can celebrate the bright spots, um, of course, the interceptions and stuff like that, but you got to play sound defense if you want to be a good team in this league. Yeah, I, I would say the same. It, it feels kind of like uh, last year, I guess, or a couple years ago when they had to have the, the accountability meeting. And then f in the last half of the season, they played, you know, top 12, top 15 type of defense. And uh, and like I talked to, you know, we were talking to Dave Wyman this week and talking about it. I don't know it's a matter of simplifying anything. It's more of a of like – not, go be a football player once you once you show up. You know what I'm saying? You're in the right spot. Like you're talking about, like Paul was talking about how the linebackers are taking on the, the trappers. Like as a, a dude that used to trap guys, when you got when if you trap the trapper, it makes it really hard because it keeps you it keeps the ball going to the sideline. If you allow me to get my shoulders turned up the field and you take me head on, then I'm going to be at advantage, advantage. Even if I just get in your way. I may not even block you. I may not even knock you to the ground, or anything, but just that I'm in your way. Now the running back has – he can cut inside, outside. And uh, so on those those plays they had today, they needed to turn that stuff back to the inside. So you should have been trapping the outside shoulder of the of the guy that was take, you know, attacking, the, attacking the linebacker, and that's just not happening enough. And then Taysom Hill has two ways to go, and so he went the path of least resistance where the bad guys weren't and lone touchdown. Moyer, isn't this – now we're we're critiquing. This is what we do, right? Didn't we expect this? A two and three type of team, a team that's rebuilding, trying to figure out who they are. Did or did we just see the potential in this, and now we're just disappointed because it's becoming a reality that okay, this team has a lot to do to be able to compete with the best in the league. In this end, they didn't. Even, I mean, in the Saints, we're missing a bunch of dudes, man. Yeah, for sure. I mean, again, when their only wide receiver really goes out with a concussion, I mean that. You know, the last 14 minutes of the game, you know, we 
we should have been uh, bowing up pretty big against the run. Um, yeah, I, I think coming into the season, you would have thought New Orleans, Denver, and San Francisco would have been teams that have been a tough, tough ones to get a win on, right? And you would probably think Detroit and Atlanta would have been the your wins. Yeah, um, so two and three, I don't think you know, coming into the season, we'd be massively disappointed. I'm disappointed because our offense is so much better than I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. And I, I really thought – and I still do think we, we have talent on defense, and I like the scheme that we run, particularly in the passing situation. But the run thing, man, when it's broke, it is really hard to fix because it it's it's not as easy. Oh, you're in the A gap, you're in the B gap. Nope, we got to be on the same levels. You know, I got to make sure that I'm on the proper edge so that I can scrape through it to get over the top. Uh, I mean, there's just so many nuances to it. And so now I don't question, there's no more excuses. I mean, you just got to go out and get it done. But I, I just, again, it just, you know, we're not going to fix it overnight. It's hard to do. All right. <clears throat> do you have tickets to the next Seahawks home game at Lumen Field? Elevate your game day experience with pregame sideline passes, club access, postgame field goal kicks, and so much more. Create unforgettable memories with the Seahawks. Visit Seahawks.com slash game day experience. Lots more to do when we get back. We're going to break this thing down. That is next on the Seahawks Radio Network. Let's go back down to Louisiana. Jenna Nawosu is standing by with Jim Mueller now. Well, Jenna, you knew coming into the game that you weren't going to see Jameis Winston and that you were going to see Andy Dalton. But when you start throwing Taysom Hill in the mix, what does that do in the pressure that it puts on a defense? It puts no pressure on us. We know what the hell we got to do. When he comes in the game, they're only doing one thing, they run the ball. And we didn't get that done tonight in terms of stopping them. We knew what play they was going to run. We didn't fit it up correctly, and he gashed us for a touchdown. Is that a matter of recognition, or is it young guys that, that are just trying to process too much? I wouldn't say it's young guys. You know, it's the fourth game of the season or fifth game of the season. You know, guys have played enough football to know what's going on. So, you know, we just got to read our keys better. Everybody got to do a better job collectively, myself included. Um, we just got to fit up, fit up things better. What about Alvin Kamara? You know that he's such a versatile back. How shifty is he, even while hurt, to try to get down? Yeah, he's a great player. I mean, he's been doing this league for a while. Everybody know what he's about. What he's about. But you know, we had our opportunities to get him down on the ground. And we, you know, we did that for the most part. But we let a couple players get away from us. Pete talked last week about situational tackling and being more aware. Did you see an improvement in that area today? Uh, yeah, I definitely saw an improvement in tackling. Um, you know, there were a couple important tackles that we missed that caused us, you know, explosive plays and/or touchdowns. But for the most part, I thought the tackling was pretty well today. It looked like a lot of those big gains came in the second half. Did they adjust and do something differently after halftime? I wouldn't say they, they they adjusted and did everything anything differently. They just stayed to who they were, you know, running the game. Like I mentioned, when Taysom Hill came in the game, and like I mentioned earlier, when we, you know, didn't fit certain plays up correctly or we made self-inflicted wounds. When Al Woods had to leave the game, that is a big loss because of a big body. But what else do you miss without him out there? Um, like you mentioned, uh, being that big presence in the middle. But, you know, it doesn't matter. We got guys that are, you know, capable of stepping up for those opportunities and guys who are, you know, ready and, you know, had a lot of practice and guys who can play that position when Big Al goes out. So when Big Al goes down, you know, we expect no drop-off. We expect to keep the same intensity and the same um, level of play. When we look ahead to next week, look, the number of yards might not drop dramatically overnight, but what is a reasonable step, an improvement to look at for next week? Um... Are you saying what should we improve on? Yeah, like what, what's reasonable to expect in terms of improvement as you look towards next week? Yeah, um, I'll probably say just reading our keys more. Um, that got us in trouble uh, throughout this game. 
in certain run fits. So we got to be able to read our keys more. Um, I definitely see that us improving on that as coach is going to hit it on Monday. All right, thanks, Eugenia. As we get that back to you, bump 440 yards of offense by the Saints today against this Hawks defense. Thanks, Jen. Big Ray, they sound the same. Yeah. Every every interview that we've heard so far, there's a sense of urgency. I don't I don't sense panic, but I sense that guys are fed up. They're, yeah. they're tired of having teams run all over them. Well, I will say this: uh, I got I got the station ready for the drop button uh, early this week because <laughs> <laughs> it must have been a precursor to what was going to happen in these post game interviews with the defensive guys. But uh, you know, I think you can hear like the frustration, you know, uh, and you know people wanting to. Uh, be holding each other accountable, you know, and like like you know Paul was saying earlier too, like guys are, you know, guys are in their gaps sometimes and where they need to be, but you need somebody to win, you know what I'm saying? Like you you're depending on somebody's gonna win along, or a couple bodies are gonna win, and uh, and so that's what I was trying to hit at, you know, early this week is about yeah, everyone is where they're supposed to be, and sometimes the technique is off a little bit, but some, sometimes just being super aggressive and physical, you can overcome the, the bad technique, you know, and, and it seems like uh, this idea around being assignment perfect is kind of where a lot of guys are playing, like, hey, I'm in the right spot. It's like, yeah, but, like, what are you doing in the spot? You know, you're showing up with bad intentions. Or you you got to make stuff happen once you get you there. You have to make stuff happen. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we had the dump button. But, um, uh, but yeah, you know, it's – I don't think that what they're being asked to do is overly complicated or anything like that. It's just, just you know, you have athletes out there. You have dudes that can play. You got two rookies that can that are making plays. You have Al Woods and Monet in the middle that are you know kind of clogging up the middle. You have good edge pass rushers. You have two you know, very uh, good inside linebackers. It's just a matter of like, okay, n- let's know the defense. Let's go play some ball. Let's go make some plays. You know, saw a little bit of that uh, out of. Um, um, Jordan today, he was playing super physical, flying around, making big tackles at or around the line of scrimmage, that kind of thing. Just need more people to show up to that party. All right, let's go back to Louisiana. Jim Miller standing by with Abe Lucas. Abe, there were a lot of yards on offense today. What were the good things that happened out there offensively? Uh, I think we just continue to kind of show that we can, uh, you know, we kind of have the power to run the ball and, and, and Gino's playing phenomenal. We give him time and he's able to make those really clutch uh, passes and I mean, it all comes down to is just finishing, you know, because there was a lot of other things that didn't necessarily go our way. And like every week, I mean, it's every or every time you lose, I mean, it's really a tale of just consistency in general. So you talk about being able to run the ball. Rashad Penny had done that really well. What kind of a hit does the team take when he leaves with the injury? Um, I mean, he's a phenomenal player, a phenomenal guy. So it's certainly going to be certainly it'll be a hit, I guess. I mean, but um, you know, we just kind of keep moving forward. That's kind of the nature of the business. You know, we wish him the best of luck, and he'll come back stronger than ever. We know that, but it's also, um, you know, we got guys like DJ and K9 who can pick up that slack, um, and then, you know, when he comes back, they'll just throw him in the mix again. Well, and Kenneth Walker absolutely did pick up the slack. First of all, what did Gino check out of and check to on that play? I don't remember the exact play. I just know that we run in a mid zone to the left. Um, I just know, and you know, before it was kind of he was kind of frustrated on a, one of the wide zones that we had down in the red zone uh, that he only got a few yards on and he was upset and so a few plays later on the sideline I said dude it's going to pop eventually just just wait just be patient popped and you know knew it was going to happen for him so I'm really happy for him that that happened last week so good on third downs in fact all year long been so good on third down today just one of nine what was going on there I actually didn't know that that was a stat but um yeah just lack of finishing lack of consistency on that uh I mean, like I said, we know. I mean, we know what we need to do. It's just a question of doing it and doing it at a high level all the time. Did it seem like the Saints were stacking the box more than Detroit was last week? 
Uh, they were kind of similar, to be honest. I mean, the play style was a little bit different. I thought I thought Detroit was more downhill, um, especially with their linebackers, while the Saints linebackers more flowed with, and occasionally came downhill. But, I mean, that doesn't really matter. You know, stack the box or not, we got to make plays. Lastly, when you look ahead to next week, you get to go back home. But what do you take from this one and apply to next week? Uh, well, we'd like to win next week, you know, certainly. So we want to certainly wash that bad taste out. But um, you know, everybody individually will take whatever they did wrong in the game and work on it in practice next week and get better. All right. Thank you, Abe. As the uh, offensive lineman does their job getting some yards there for Rashad Penny and then Kenneth Walker. Abe Lucas, man, it's not rocket science is what I heard, man. It's nothing crazy. It's nothing, okay, we need to throw out everything. It's about execution and making it happen, man, and finish. It, get nasty, and that's what the big guys do in the trenches, but I think that's the overall team concept that we need to start talking about, um, especially on defense, talking about two-gapping and doing these different things. If you're going to make a mistake, do it going 100 miles an hour, and then the guy next to you can do the same thing, and he can play off you, and we can start finishing on defense. And I think the same thing goes for offense. Great players make things where there's mistakes often not show up as a mistake, there right? You, you get a yes. guy who gets off a block and, you know, Aaron Donald's of the world that he he, he saves so many people's behinds. And we, we need that. We need guys that get off blocks. And that's the big one. I just don't see us get off his blocks as well. And, again, a lot, a lot of times that's perception more than reality. Right. Um, yeah, I'm really curious to see, you know, throughout the week what they do uh, defensively because I, I, I think they may have to make – a bit of an adjustment and get maybe another big boy, you know, on that D line. Yep. It's all about adjustments. I'll be looking for that too, man. I think, honestly, I think we're all in agreement. That's probably the move. If you want to stop the run, when we return, we will hear from Tyler Lockett. He is standing by with Jen. Now Seahawks fall to the New Orleans Saints, 39, 32. Gino gets him to the line of scrimmage and he stops. He's going to call the play. Talks to his running back and his lineman. That goes back under center on first and 10 play fake. Seven steps. Looks. Going to let it fly deep. Medcalf watches. Oh, Lockett gets there to make a catch. How did Lockett make that catch between two defenders? I saw DK Metcalf stop, and all of a sudden Lockett shot through the front of the end zone and makes the catch for six. Another deep play touchdown to number 16. That was one of two touchdowns to Tyler Lockett today. He's standing by with Jen Mueller. Tyler, at the beginning of the game, it looked like you guys picked up where you left off last week. When you see DK find the end zone, how much confidence does that give the team right out of the gates? Oh, man, it gives us great confidence just because we know, especially at the beginning of the game, defense did a great job, held them to three. We go out there, we score. I mean, that's everything that you want whenever you're playing. And so I think, you know, for us, man, if we can be able to put ourselves in position to run away with it early, I mean, it, it puts us in a great situation. You know, there was there was a lot of back and forth going into the game where a lot of um, possession changes that could have changed the course of the game. We just got to be able to continue to play, continue to build. Like, you know, there's no point in fingers, stuff like that. But if we can be able to just finish, we still had a chance to win, uh, you know, lost. But, I mean, I really like what this team is showing. Third downs were not the same as last week. In fact, I think it was just one of nine. And while the rushing yard total was there, the number of runs and, like, getting them on third down just weren't there. Why was that, do you think? I don't know. I mean, about 15, 20 minutes ago, I was told we were 1-10. in 10, So it didn't really feel like it just because of how the course of the game was going and how we were moving the ball down the field. But, I mean, um, all I can really say is we just got to go back and look at it because, I, like I said, I didn't know anything about it. 
And once we kind of go back and look at it, we'll be able to figure it out. But if we can do what we did as an offense and still be 1-10 and 10 on third down, it's like it's, it, it, the future is very promising. If we can at least get three of those third downs or four of those third downs, you know, you're talking about being able to hold the ball longer. You're talking about being able to score seven points, three points, not having to punt the ball all the time, you know, and, and putting us in situations where we don't always have to deal with the penalties. You know, that's tough. Like, there's a lot of penalties that who knows what should have happened or what should have been called. But, I mean, it's tough, man. You know, you got to understand we're away, so you might not be able to get the benefit of the calls. And so you just got to keep going out there and playing. You had a couple of touchdowns. The first one means that you surpassed Doug Baldwin for fifth on the all-time oh, touchdown man. list. So I'm sure that means something to you. But what was that play? Uh, well, I mean, you know, first and foremost, like I said, like God gets all the glory. Um, I think just going into that situation, I think, you know, it shows a lot of trust in, in, in the offensive coordinator and Pete and our players just because we have no timeouts. You know, it's kind of a must-out-of-bounds situation or it's a take-a-look situation. If it's not there, just throw the ball out of bounds so we can be able to get a field goal. But Geno stood in the pocket. The line did a great job being able to block. Um, DK did a great job even being able to run his route because people don't understand when you're out there running routes, everything is in correlation of us working together. And so, you know, when everybody's doing their job, Gino threw an amazing ball. And, you know, I just had probably the easiest job, which was to catch it, because everybody else had the hardest job to make it happen. On your second touchdown, where did you come from? I thought he was looking at DK, and then the next thing I know, you're catching the ball. Oh, no, I mean, that's another um, play design that um, Shane and everybody drew up. And so it was another great play. And like I said, like, those catches don't happen without Gino. You know, and like I said, I, you know, the easiest part is for us just to catch it. And, of course, we get the credit and everybody's screaming our name or whatever. But, you know, the hardest part is being able to follow through with everything. And it is hard to be able to catch those passes. But when you see a quarterback who trusts us, like, to make those throws and stuff like that, given however many people is, you know, around us, I mean, it says a lot. And so we just got to keep on playing, keep on building, and just keep on trying to get better each week. Tariq Woolen seems like he is doing that. Would you want to have to go against him the way that he's playing right now? Man, I mean, I got to go against him at practice. So, <laughs> shoot, it's the best of both worlds. <laughs> you even threw in one of those shoots just like he did. Yeah, hey. I mean, I mean, it's, I mean, this dude is going to be great, man. Like, you see it early. I don't know how he ends up being a fifth-round pick or however it was, but I think he's going to be great, man. Kobe as well. So, you know, I'm really looking forward to just being able to play with them. Can, um, just being able to see what their future holds for them, you know, just in this game of football and life. And so, uh, yeah, but I get to go against them every day. So. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Hey, lastly, what do you tell the offense going into next week? Just, just as far as either maintaining it or getting better. Just keep playing. I mean, this ain't college where you lose three games and you can't go to the playoffs. This is the NFL where anything can happen on any given week, on any given Sunday. As long as we continue to keep playing the way that we've been playing, we, we can be able to fix the pieces. We can be able to learn from the, from the um, bad stuff that happens. But the one thing that I can say is everybody's playing, and we're putting drives together. We're doing great things. We just got to be able to make sure that, you know, we stay in it mentally. Some very thoughtful answers there from Tyler Lockett. Bump as we get that back to you. Thanks, Jen. Tyler Lockett had a day. Five receptions, 104, and two touchdowns. Hey, let's pause 10 seconds to give our network stations a chance to identify themselves here on the Seattle Seahawks radio network.
Seattle Seahawks Station. Cairo. Cairo Radio. A conversation. Breaking news direct from the sidelines. And where the 12s hear the Seahawks. KIRO FM Tacoma, Seattle. All right, fellas, it might not have ended the way that we wanted to, but we have to pick the player of the game. And the player of the game is brought to you by the Telluride X Pro from Kia, official partner of the Seattle Seahawks. All right, player of the game. I'm going to start with two, three, Mr. True Font. Who you got? Keep it defense on the defensive side. Uh, we talked about the young man, Tariq Woolen, doing his thing, uh, not just getting tips and overthrows or getting those gimme balls. He's really making great plays, man. His footwork is amazing. Uh, technique is great, and his eyes are great. I know, uh, I know from experience, of course, but a young player, you can sometimes be overwhelmed and be looking at everything, but he's locked in on his keys and his showing, man. He's making it happen. Big Ray. Well, I know uh, Tyler Lockett had five catches for 104 yards and two touchdowns, but uh, I think Kenneth Kenneth Walker really responded. You know, with with Rashard Penny with Rashard Penny going down, and then really showed why uh, the Seahawks drafted him. You know, probably before a lot of people thought that they should have, uh, because he took it to the house, 69 yards and a touchdown, and put the Seahawks in a position to be up by one heading down the stretch. So I'm going with uh, Kenneth Walker. All right, we got. T. Woo, is that what I'm calling him? T. Woo. T. Woo. K9. 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 Who you got, Moyer? Yeah, I thought Mr. Woolen played well. Um, not Tariq. <laughs> he really did play well. That interception was awesome. He had that fumble recovery that uh, we ended up getting a touchdown before the half. Uh, he chased down Taysom Hill like DK Metcalf did on Buda Baker a few years ago. Uh, it came out of nowhere. But there's one guy I just thought played because there's a lot of good individual performance. I mean, Lockett had a good game, um, but I'm going Jordan Brooks. He had he had 11 tackles. He had a quarterback hit. He had a pass defend, and I just thought the physicalness that he brought is what we need, and we need more of it. Hopefully, they all watch how he attacks, and when he does hit somebody, I mean, he hits them. So I'm gonna go with him. So you're gonna have to do the tiebreaker. Tiebreaker. All right. So you got Jordan Brooks. You got mm-hmm. T. Wu. Got K. Nine. K. Dub. I'm gonna go with. I'm going with T. Wu. Mm. I'm going with Tebow. And the reason why is just because I'm just thoroughly impressed by this young man. Mm-hmm. You know, even on that penalty where they called him for holding, which was ridiculous. Oh. What'd you say, True? He just locked him up. Great technique, man. Great hands, everything. Yeah, a little handsy, but, man, great coverage. Yeah. I, and I'm a receiver, and I saw nothing <laughs> wrong right. with what he did. That looked good, but I uh-huh. think you could have gone with any of those guys. All right, Twelves, now it's your turn to weigh in. Follow the Seahawks on Twitter and Instagram to vote on Kia's electric player of the game. All right, when we return, we're going to try to put a ball on this thing digested and maybe look a little bit forward. That is next on the Seahawks radio network. Opening drive for the Seahawks ended well. You got Geno making a move, finding DK down the field for 50 yards. But you know what? That game's over. Got the Arizona Arizona Cardinals next week, so it's time to look ahead. Our look ahead is brought to you by Verizon, official 5G network of the Seattle Seahawks. We're actually watching the Arizona Cardinals right now. I think they're losing to the Philadelphia Eagles, if uh, our scoreboard guy is correct, like he usually is. That's what he do. Um, so now we got to look forward, man. And uh, what do we know about these, these Cardinals? And um, what are our expectations, Moya? Well, I think we all know him. I mean, it starts with Kyler Murray uh, not having a great year. His quarterback rating's at 85. He's got five touchdowns uh, coming into this game at least. Uh, Two interceptions. He's only averaging 5.7 yards per attempt, which is really low. Now, Hopkins has been out. He's suspended the first six games, so I don't believe he's eligible to come back next week. 
Uh, you know, running back, you know, James Conner is a guy that's given us fits before, but he's only averaging 3.2 as well. So offensively, they're struggling right now. Um, defensively is where, you know, they, they can get after you a little bit, but they've got some injuries also. And right now, I don't even know what the score is on the, the Philly-Arizona game. They were losing it at 14-10 to 10 at the time. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a winnable game. Uh, you know, I think the Seahawks are a team that can beat anybody and they can lose anybody, but we got to play better than we did today, at least cleaner. we got to play a cleaner game. Yeah, you know, I think, you know, the offense has to, uh, you know, keep progressing like they are and making it hard on defenses uh, because they have to defend the entire field, whether it's the tight end in a short game or the deep balls or medium passes to uh, to DK and Tyler or the running back. So uh, I think keep that going. And then just all the conversation we've had about the defense, about, you know, this particular game, uh, you know, some of those things have to start to improve. And, I, I'm you know, I think, too, like, uh, I think Paul – did a good job of explaining. I don't know if it was on the air, off the air, but like those things aren't going to get it better overnight. So you got to, it's going to be incremental, smaller areas where they're getting better. And then you're going to have to hope that those scenes, uh, you know, can keep us in the game in a way that our offense, if we put up 30 points, can win a game. Right. Um, you've heard these guys during the press conferences. Everybody's talking about that we watch the film and we know what's coming, we know what to do, right? It's about the execution. And just like Ray said, it's these small things. It's time to clean that up and play the complete game. It can't be the offense, defense, and special teams. you got to start bringing this thing together. How they do that, I don't know. That's where Pete Carroll and those guys come in and do that. But don't know if it was Neil or if it was somebody that said that, yeah, there's young guys on this team, but we've had the training camps. We've played in enough games now. So let's – put this together or you're not going to get a different result performance-based business fellas and we've heard several players say you don't get it done they will bring somebody in to compete or just to snatch it from you so we'll see what adjustments they make moya yeah i mean i we play better at home so you know we've had two road games back east you know early morning games you know those are never easy um, I th- th- this was the first time I I, sat, I heard the frustration from the team where mm-hmm. okay you know th- it's got to improve the talents there we're young uh, the the big plays have just got to stop because these big plays and the penalties I mean these are just again we got to play clean we don't even have to play great football we we'd be probably four and one right now um, and I think that's what they're going to learn more than anything we don't have to play great just everybody just do your job we'll be fine. Clean it up. All right, today's final score, Saints 39, Seahawks 32. You've been listening to the Seahawks Radio Network. I'd like to thank the people who make our broadcast possible. Production assistant, Nishant Kandapuri. Studios coordinator, Matt Nelson and Brady Robig. Executive producer of the Seahawks Radio Network is Nasa Chobi. The Seahawks return home to Lumenfield next week for an NFC West showdown with the Arizona Cardinals. Pre-game coverage begins at 11 a.m. on the Seahawks Radio Network. For our Seattle stations, we have another hour of Hawk Talk, but if you are leaving us, thanks for listening. For Paul Moyer, Ray Roberts, and Marcus Trufant, I'm Michael Bumpus. The Seahawks fall to the Saints, 39-32. You are listening to Hawk Talk. I'm Michael Bumpus, joined with Ray Roberts, Marcus Trufant, and Paul Moyer. The Seahawks fall to the New Orleans Saints, 39-32, in a back-and-forth type of game. Lots of offense. Geno goes 16-25, 268, three touchdowns. Kenneth Walker has the biggest play of the day, 69-yard touchdown. Rashad Penny goes out with an injury. Sounds like there's a fracture to his leg. Tyler Lockett shows up today. Once again, he had five for 104 and two touchdowns. DK had five for 88 and one touchdown. But on the other side, the guy's wearing black and gold. Taysom Hill had nine for 112 and three rushing touchdowns. He also threw a touchdown for 22 yards. And Alvin Kamara doing what he does, 23 
for 103, no touchdowns. When you look at these team stats, the number that sticks out to me the most, I look at third downs. This team, the Seahawks, were one of the most efficient teams on third downs throughout the season so far. They were one for nine, the Saints for eight for 14. Time of possession, Seahawks 22 minutes, the New Orleans Saints 37 minutes. Lots of numbers right there. If you didn't watch the game, there you go. That's the game in a nutshell. <laughs> a lot of big plays going on, and it seemed like whoever had the ball last was probably going to win this ball game because you just kept going back and forth. And even when the Saints were predictable, even when we knew they were going to run it with Taysom Hill, um, the Hawks still weren't able um, to stop them. Frustrating. Yeah, I mean, last week, you know, offensively, we had a lot of big plays, but we had a lot of plays. You know I mean? We were moving the chain. We had a lot of, you know, eight, nine, ten play drives. This game, it felt like we we were having to live off the big play. We had a bunch of them. I think we had six plays over 30 yards today or, or close to it. That's that's incredible. And it's the same with uh, New Orleans. I mean, kind of a broken record two weeks in a row where we're playing pretty well. And then last week, we gave up back-to-back three-play touchdowns, the 51-yard or 81-yard. Today, same thing. We're playing pretty well. All of a sudden, we get a two-play and I think a three- or four-play touchdown. Huge plays. And those are, man, those are demoralizing because you are feeling like you're finally starting to play, and then you get back out there, you finally got a lead, and you know, you just don't play it, play it right. Again, it's really frustrating. At some points, you know, we we overanalyze this thing. It's really about, hey, go out there, play guy with the football, go tackle him. <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah. And it's but it stays true too to what you know what we see all the time too. Those right, it comes down to these four or five plays, and you know. The defense may have been playing well at whatever points, but then they had the plays that you know that they gave up and, and ended up costing the game. So you know, anytime the offense puts up that many points, so you you think that you're gonna that you're gonna win the game, but like like a lot of the defenders said that we were listening to in the in the post game, you know, making tackles, uh, you know, being where you're supposed to be, uh, you know, doing your job, kind of a thing, uh, just kind of at different points, just kind of fell the defense and and then was able to allow them to do what they do best, which is run the football. So, um, like, they had a lot of dudes out, but I think, uh, you know, f- you know, just from a, our a point of view, at least from the fan point of view, you thought, like, man, the Seahawks should take advantage of this, but you forgot about the Swiss Army knife they have in Taysom Hill, and he, and he made them pay. Right. I think it comes down to this, man. We've talked about so much here, right, of what needs to happen. Maybe we need to play – tougher or we need to do this we need to be angry we need to get aggressive it it almost sounds like it's more of a mental thing right because we're playing well for so many plays in a row and then it's like we have this lapse or they throw us a little curveball and we can't get it figured out right so um I don't know if we need to simplify but it's really just about the mental toughness and can you outlast your opponent of doing the basic things right and I think that's really what it is, man, and we're overanalyzing it. We're trying to find this thing, but it really just comes down to internal, the players-only meetings or just talking in the locker room and kind of getting in to this space to where, okay, we've heard it enough from the coaches. We've heard it enough from the media. Let's go out and make it happen, man. And it's pretty simple. I think it's simple, but I know it's easier said than done, but it's not a lot that they need to fix. And we keep saying that week in and week out. Let's fix it, and let's be done with it, and let's put the fire 
out. Put the fire out. I, thought, I was hoping you were yeah. going to get to that one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, we have our answers. Let's hear what Quandre has to say. He's standing by with Jen now. When we look at those big yards given up in some of those big games, what's the number one thing that you can point to? Man, we just got to get guys down. I mean, I think when we get guys to stop their feet in the hole, I think it's, you know, it, it definitely helps because it bounces things outside and, um, you know, it just kind of does increases. So, um, you know, um, I think we just we got to fit things up better and adjust on the fly. How much harder is that when you've got a guy like Kamara or Taysom Hill in there running the ball? I mean, they're great players. You know, I mean, you knew that. We knew that. So, for us, you know, we can't make no excuse not knowing that those guys are great players and they do things like that. When we look at total yards, it doesn't look like there's as much improvement there. As a captain who's been around the game, where do you see improvement in this defense? I mean, I think we play better. You know, I think just we got to get out the field on sudden changes. You know, we do have sudden changes. I mean, in the past few years, you know, we get a sudden change. We go out there, we hold them to a field goal and things like that. That definitely helps. That was a conversation from last week as well. What does it take to be better at that? I mean, you just got to bow up. You know, you understand that something happened is, is not that you can control. You know what I mean? You just come back and um, you just hold, you just try to hold them as much as you can and make them kick field goals. That being said, Tariq Woolen, for a third straight week, records a pick. What have you seen from him and what you see on that play? I mean, he's growing every day. He's growing every day. I mean, nobody's going to run by him. So, end of the day, you know, he's just growing every day. He's seeing the game and um, he's doing his thing. I'm super proud of him. I'm super proud of him because he's just a good kid in general. We also know that you are good friends with Tyler Lockett. He finds the end zone a couple of times. I don't even know where he came from yeah. on that second touchdown. Do you get a chance to watch him at all during the game and see those plays? Him all the time. I mean, when they throw the ball to him, I think it's a catch all the time. So that's just what he's been his whole career. He's been super consistent. and I mean, that's what we expect out of him. Does the def defense feel pressure right now? I mean, it's always pressure, but at the end of the day, you bow up to it and, you know, you go from there. So. Um, at the end of the day, you know, um, it is what it is. It's our job. We got to be better. When we look ahead to next week, how much would the 12s potentially help? And just being back home. I mean, it'll be good. You know, we don't have to get on a long road trip and we get to see our fans. So I think it'll be cool. There we go, Michael Bumpus. We'll get that back to you. Thanks, Jen. Quandre stepping up once again, doing the hard part, having these interviews and, and just being honest, right? You got to get guys down on the ground. You got to do your job. I feel like we're... We're going to say that a hundred more times during this this Hawk Talk session more. Well, here's a good I'm, – I'm looking at all their past plays. You know, yards after catch, yak. You know, it's become a big part of statistics today. And there's about 15 of these plays that I'm looking at, and there's only one of them that's – well, there's two plays that are over 10 yards, yards after catch. Most of them are three, two, zero. But the big one was the 58-yarder, and that was the screen. I mean, I, that was huge. Uh, and the other one, there was another 12-yarder. So, again, it kind of talks to our point. You're playing pretty well. You're playing pretty well. You're playing. And, look, true, you know, I mean, any big play, man, the secondary always took that personal because we are. We're the last line of defense. There's ways to take angles. And, you know, even the backside corner on the far sideline, man, you take an intercept point all the way down there. You don't let them score. So, you know, I, I take that personal, and they, they should as well. Um, we've got the speed. I mean, Woolen is as fast as they come. I think Michael Jackson is tough, and he's willing to play the running game. We got digs. But those four, got we got to keep the shell because things are going to break every once in a while. And it's okay to have a 15-, 20-yard play. But these 58-yarders and 60-yarders, man, they, those have got to come to an end. And, you know, to me, it's a bit on the secondary. 
our secondary, get them down on the ground. When we return, we'll go through some highlights from this game that is next on your home for the Seahawks, Seattle Sports 710 and Cairo News Radio 97.3 FM. Welcome back to Hog Talk. It's time to break down some of the plays that we saw in the loss that the Seahawks took to the New Orleans Saints. But let's start off on a good note, man. This first one, Geno escapes pressure early in the game and finds DK on a scramble drill for a 50-yard bomb, making the score 7-3 Seahawks. Third down and five, DJ Dallas in the backfield now with Geno. Trip set, three receivers to the right side. Shotgun snap, here comes the rush. Gino has time, stand strong, got some running room, pump fake. Now he's going to lay it up over the top, got a man mid-cap. He's down to the 15, stutter steps 10, down to the 5, he is in. Touchdown, Seahawks. Gino Smith starts it with his feet, a beautiful touch pass. They beat Lattimore in coverage, and DK takes it to the house. A 50-yarder, and the Seahawks go on top 6-3. Uh, Gino continues to have just an incredible, remarkable year. His quarterback rating today was one, 139.7. But we were talking about that. The one thing that Gino does well is he feels the pressure. And when he does start to scramble, his eyes are still looking downfield. Because we all said, run for the first down. And all of a sudden, he threw the ball. And we said, good decision. 50-yard <laughs> touchdown to, to DK. And uh, he just continues to make plays, Gino Smith. All right, the Saints would respond. They play the patient game. They run the ball seven out of ten plays. But Taysom Hill says, I'm going to do it myself from eight yards out. Capping a 10-play, 69-yard drive. Scores 10-10. Hill in the backfield. Breaks a tackle. He's in for the touchdown. And as you said, Dave, you know what's going to happen when Taysom Hill is in the backfield. And yet the Seahawks haven't been able to really corral him yet. Of course, on the run, almost nobody can. He's just that good. Saints score, and they're within a point of tying this thing up. Yeah, on that play, they pulled their, uh, their left their left guard to the right side, and then uh, he and the running back created like a, a nice little escort for Taysom Hill to get behind, and then he just kind of fought his way into the end zone. Seahawks are trying to punt the ball. We were trying to figure this one out. Was it a fake? Was it a rollout punt? Was it a rugby punt? Turns out it was a rugby punt. It was blown up by Taysom Hill. Dickinson not able to get the kickoff. So Dixon now from closer to his own 10. He wanted to run the football. He also fumbled the ball at the 15. What in the world? Taysom Hill is in to recover the football. Down by contact. First down. The ball goes over to the Saints inside the Seattle 15-yard line. Dixon started to kind of slide to his right side. It looked like the fake was on, but there was nowhere to run. Then he coughed up the ball. He was down by contact. And oh boy, the Saints have the ball deep in Seahawks end of the field. Comes down to basic execution, man. That's unlike the Seahawks to have plays like that on special teams. And you know, the turnovers are going to get you beat. Anytime you have turnovers, it's going to be hard to get a victory. So like we keep saying, you got to clean it up. It's unlike the Seahawks. It's unlike a Pete Carroll coach team. But you got to clean stuff like this up. On the very next play, Taysom Hill takes it in from nine yards out, making the score 17 to 10 Saints. Taysom Hill now the quarterback. He's going to turn, he's going to run, and he's going to run into the end zone untouched. And once again, the Seahawks kind of not aware that Taysom Hill is the quarterback. And everybody kind of dives down inside, and he just goes out to the left side and runs in untouched for six. And, boy, what a swing we have had here in the Superdome with the Saints kind of taking over in this game. 
Yeah, that was a good uh, setup by the Saints. They had two receivers to the right side. They had motion going to the right side, and then he looked like fate, like he was going to throw the ball that way, and then he ran to the left side, wide open uh, field for a touchdown. All right, later on in the game, two weeks in a row, Kobe Bryant forces a fumble, and Tariq Woolen picks it up, but it sets up this play right here, 36-yard bomb over the top to title locker from Geno. Missed the PAT. The score is 19-17 Hawks. So second down and six. 14 seconds to play here in the half. Again, slots to both sides. Smith from the shotgun. Dallas beside him in the backfield. The Saints with three down linemen. They only rush three. Geno steps up in the pocket. Going to let it fly. Down the middle. Got locking. Touchdown! Seahawks! Are you kidding me? Holy catfish! What a Perfect throw behind Adebo. Two safeties deep, quarterbacks deep, and Geno Smith lays a perfect pass under the crossbar to Tyler Lockett for six. What a play. Are you kidding me is right? 14 seconds left and a half. I'm going kick the field goal. We have no timeouts <laughs> left, and we're in field goal range, but that just shows the trust they now have in Geno Smith. And he got the look they wanted. They had a two, two, two deep look, so they couldn't hit the out route. And they said if we get that look, we're going to take a shot down the middle. It's just another beautiful deep throw by Geno Smith. Number 27 shows up again three weeks in a row. He has recorded an interception. This one's off of Andy Dalton. Dalton takes the shotgun snap. Looks left, fires near side. Oh, did he make the interception? Yes. Woolen, did he get it? He did. Tariq Woolen reaches up with those long arms, makes the interception right in front of the intended receiver. He goes all the way to the end zone, but the official said he was down where he was touched. But he on must... the field is an interception by Seattle and down by contact. First down. He just reaches out on a pass that was thrown a little behind the intended receiver, Traquan Smith. He popped up and took it to the end zone, but he was already down. But a pick. You know, when you take care of the basics, that's your technique, your eyes, your footwork and everything, then you can be free, and then you can go out and make plays like my man T-Woo is doing, man. He's doing his thing and getting his hand on the ball every week, man, and that's a good thing for a defensive back to be doing. Look good, play good, get paid good. There you go. Kamara sets up this next play with 54 yards on a scream, and then Taysom Hill enters the game. We're all thinking they're going to run the football. No, sir. He passes the ball, 22-yard gain to Trotman, making the score 31-19 Saints. So it's second down and eight. Hill now going to throw right down the middle. Touchdown, Saints. Right between the safeties goes Troutman the tight end, and that was a, sh a laser shot from Taysom Hill. And again, the Seahawks just kind of caught everybody standing. And I was too, because I was waiting for Taysom Hill to take off and run. And he sure didn't. At that time, he just threw a bolt. Well, you got to give the credit to the Saints, man. They had a good, great game plan for uh, Taysom Hill, and then he executed it perfectly. In this one, uh, they had two tight ends on the end of the line of scrimmage on, to the, on the right side, and the inside tight end just went straight down the middle of the field. It was wide open for the touchdown. Tyler Lockett, another signature catch, getting behind the safeties for a 40-yard bomb, capping off a three-play, 75-yard drive. The score, 31-25 Saints. Gino gets him to the line of scrimmage, then he stops. He's going to call the play. Talks to his running back and his lineman. That goes back under center on first and 10. Play fake. Seven steps. Looks. Going to let it fly deep. Medcalf watches. Oh, Lockett gets there to make a catch. How did Lockett make that catch between two defenders? 
I saw DK Metcalf stop, and all of a sudden Lockett shot through the front of the end zone and makes the catch for six. Another deep play touchdown to number 16. Tyler is always in the right spot at the right time, man, and he's so – or he can be unassuming at times, man. To me, it seems like he's not even running full speed, or it looks like that. He's so smooth. He's so – so intentional. He knows exactly where he needs to be, and he's making big plays, man. He's a great outlet for Geno, and just once again, man, these things, these bright spots that we're seeing, we just need to tighten up the stuff in between. Tyler and DK can make it happen. All right, we saw Rashad Penny go down. That's unfortunate to see, but it gave this man an opportunity to get in and do his thing. Ken Walker, 69 yards for a touchdown, making a score 32-31 Hawks. Walker, the single setback, a tight slot on the right side is Eskridge and Lockett. Gino now walks over to talk to them, comes back to the center, talks to Medcalf, now goes under center on second down and short turns, hands to Walker. Got a little running room, breaks 340, midfield, he is going to go, 40, 30, 20, look at the rookie, touchdown, Seahawks, Ken Walker the third. He's been bumping around in there all afternoon, finally finds a gap, and he is gone. 69 yards on a touchdown scamper, and the Seahawks have tied this up at 31 apiece. Well, if you watch this play, you don't normally uh, think of uh, Tyler, Tyler um, Lockett as a blocker, but what really made this play pop was it was a zone play to the left. Kenneth Walker cut it back to the right, and you had Parkinson, and then uh, Lockett and then Eskridge created a cutoff lane on the backside that really made that play pop. So for a long play like this to happen, the receivers have to block downfield. They did so in this situation. Man, and we were excited. The Hawks take the lead. It only takes three plays for us to come back to reality. Unfortunately, Taysom Hill takes a handoff. 60 yards to the house. Two-point conversion is good. Saints are up. 39-32, that's the final score. Two tight ends in the game as well. Taysom Hill, he's going to go left side, and he's going to pick up the first down, and he's going to go all the way for a touchdown. He is down inside the 30. He's being chased. Woolen, can he catch him? Woolen tries to knock the ball out of his hands. Hill gets him for a touchdown. Oh, he giveth and he taketh away. The Seahawks have a huge run by Walker, and they turn right around and give up a big run to Taysom Hill. A 60-yarder as he goes off the left side, and the Seahawks are still having a tough time figuring out how to stop Taysom Hill. And now the Saints are going to go for two as they have taken a five-point lead, 37-32. Yeah, third and one. Uh, God, I don't even want to describe the play. It was just it's, – it's disappointing. I mean, that's um, – a lot of times it is execution. A lot of times it's, hey, you know, it's time to bow up, man up along the way. The, probably the best thing I can say about that play was Tariq Woolen's hustle. I mean, he was about 20 yards behind, and all of a sudden he looked, you know, like Usain Bolt, you know, chasing this guy down. His speed is real, and he's going to be a really special player because he he's really good at reading a quarterback. He's great at going and attacking the ball. And he's got the kind of hustle and desire to, to finish off a play. So that's the big bright spot for us. That would make the score 39-32. That will be the final score, unfortunately. The Seahawks do not get it done down in New Orleans. When we return, we'll give you our game MVP slash top performer. That's next on your home for the Seahawks, Seattle Sports 710 and Cairo News Radio 97.3 FM. 
It's time for us to choose our game MVPs. I know it's hard to do after a loss, but, you know, guys still ball out when they take some L's. You know what I mean? So now we get to pick who we thought balled out. And, uh, Moy, you're looking at me like you got one, so I'm going to start with you. What's up? <laughs> I'm going to change. <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, I, I've been pumping up Jordan Brooks. I mean, I he played hard and aggressive, and he had some big hits on uh, Kamara, which, you know, something we hadn't really done before on him. So, um, disappointing defense, but I thought, other than a play or two by Jordan, I thought he had a really good game. He had 11 total tackles. He had a quarterback hit. He had a pass defended. And uh, so he's my MVP. All right, Big Ray. Yeah, I'm going to go with my man uh, K-9, Kenneth Walker III. Uh, you know, Penny went down. He had to come in and try to make something happen. Uh, like we just talked about earlier, the play, he cut it, you know, started to the left, cut it back to the right, pick up the blocks by Eskridge and uh, Tyler Lockett and took it to the house to, to put the, the Seahawks ahead by one point. So I'm going with the young kid, K-9. All Two, right. three. Yes, I'm going with Tariq Woolen, T. Wu. Continues to uh, change the field, man. Make impactful plays, get interceptions, get turnovers, get the ball back to the offense. Doing his job and some. So that's my MVP. All right. So I got to be the tiebreaker. Jordan yes. Brooks, K9, T Wu. I'm going with 2 7. I bet you go with 2 7. Not, not big play. Not big play 2 7. <laughs> T Wu, 2 7. Uh, yeah, I got to go with him. Interceptions for the third week in a row. Also had a fumble oh, recover man. today. Uh, second week in a row, he had a fumble recovery, right? No, he had three inter- well, he's had three games in a row with interceptions. Three interceptions, yeah. But a uh, fumble recovery, this dude is everywhere. And he looks smooth. He looks good. Um, Big Ray was explaining how Pete Carroll gets into the stance and, and was mimicking how smooth he is. And, I mean, the sky's the limit for this dude. He's so raw at the position, he's making plays. Yeah, the, the two weeks in a row, though, was uh, uh, Kobe Bryant uh, forcing, forcing a fumble. fumble. Yeah, thanks. So that's two in a row for him. Yep. All right, when we return, we will look ahead and put a bow on this thing that is next in your home for the Seahawks, Seattle Sports 710 and Cairo News Radio 97.3 FM. Welcome back to Hawk Talk. It's time to put a bow on this thing. Arizona Cardinals are tied with the Philadelphia Eagles right now. I thought Philly was going to run away with this thing initially, but Cardinals are finding a way to stay competitive. We all know what they bring to the table. It's Kyler Murray, and it's all those other weapons they got. D-Hop ain't going to be there, though. Marquise Brown's been playing well for these guys. You were just um, talking about their uh, their head coach. How he hasn't had much success. He's supposed to be the guru, but um, it's not looking like it. He's he's been a head coach for nine years, going back to Texas Tech. He's had three winning seasons. Um, he's twenty six, twenty six and one, I think, since he's been at Arizona. You know, and they've had a lot of talent, and they still have talent. I mean, but they're they're averaging five and a half yards per attempt. Uh, passing that's woefully low for the the NFL. Uh, they're struggling running the ball. They just struggled offensively. They got a good D. And they got playmakers across the board. We know what Buda Baker can do, but uh, it's a game that's winnable. Uh, you know, just the Seahawks just do pretty much the opposite of what they did today. Don't turn the ball over. <laughs> let's get rid of the penalties <laughs> and let's play good team defense and and not give up big plays. Yeah, I, I have to agree with Paul. Like uh, you know, I, I really do think. Uh, this is a winnable game for the Seahawks. I do think you have to kind of keep Kyler Murray in check and not let him kind of uh, you know hurt you with the arm and then with the the running that he does and kind of keep up things on the route. James Conner is you know not the back that he once was, but he can hurt you in the passing game and he can he's a really good run after the catch. I mean uh, uh, after contact type of guy. And then Marquise Brown is kind of having a resurgence, if you want to call that, from coming over from the. From the uh, Ravens today, he has right now he has seven catches for seventy yards and a touchdown. 
Uh, so and then they have Zach Ertz, who's a you know kind of forgotten about tight end, who's pretty good at times. And uh, and then on the defensive side, Isaiah Simmons, Buda Baker, uh, you know, and then J.J. Watt was back today. Uh, I saw where he got some pressure on the quarterback. I don't know if it was a fumble or not, but uh, but he's back. So he's another guy for those young tackles to contend with. I think it comes down to man, you can't let the key guys beat you. And um, I know we like to make basketball analogies, but. So you're playing against Michael Jordan. You don't want Michael Jordan to go for 50. You want the role players to have to beat you. So we haven't really been doing that from the defensive perspective. So we need to do that. You come in, you know what Murray can do, and you know what some of the receivers and the running backs can do. So let's let's shut that down, and let's see what happens after that. All right, there you go. That's how we get it done. Today's final score, Saints 39, Seahawks 32. You've been listening to Hot Talk on Seattle Sports 710 and Cairo News Radio 97.3 FM. I'd like to thank the people who make our broadcast possible. Production assistant Nashant Kandapuri. Studio coordinators Matt Nelson and Brady Robick. Executive producer of the Seahawks Radio Network is Nasid Choby. The Seahawks return home to Lubin Field next week for an NFC West showdown with the Arizona Cardinals. Pre-game coverage begins at 10 a.m. on our Seattle stations for Paul Moyer, Ray Roberts, and Marcus Schufam. I'm Michael Bumpus. Seahawks fall to the Saints 39-32.